all gas, no brake. We're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. The kid stepped up. The kid stepped up. Where's two? Waggy sauce, Gardner. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Jets Way Podcast. Jake here with Sean and Lorenzo getting ready for the week four clash up at Heinz Field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jets off of a brutal loss on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Go check out last podcast if you haven't already. Tons more on that disaster, but time to turn the page onto Pittsburgh. Guys, how are we doing before we get a crack in here tonight? Doing well. The week has been uh, flying by unexpectedly, but um, you know I'm ready to hopefully get this this season off to a two and two start. Week has definitely flown by. You know, turned a page on last week. I'm actually going to be in Pittsburgh this weekend, so hoping for a win. Wow! So you're you're going to you're going to the game. I do remember you telling us that. So, do you think you're going to be walking out of there ashamed? Are you even wearing your, your Jets gear? I hope not. I think here's, it's gonna be a close game. Hopefully, you'll win. I, I, what do you here's know? here's what I do, Sean. <laughs> a little word of advice. I didn't do this, but the Jets actually won this game because it was like it was the only away game that I've ever been to was in Buffalo, and this is when the Bills rested all their starters with Adam Gase from okay. the fluky seven and nine year. Um, so I went to that game, and this is when the Bills weren't the Bills. They were still like losers in everybody's books. So, so everyone's like, oh, you know, I relate to the pain. Now, if I go there, I think they're going to have a whole different vibe about them now that they've, you know, sniffed success. But um, what I would do is I would it's going to be a little chilly in Pittsburgh, October day, maybe wear like a hoodie over that jersey. And if things start going our way, like pop off the hoodie, <laughs> like a track jumpsuit, and then you're there, maybe just save a little bit of embarrassment, because when you start expecting things and, you, you know, you, when you're planning this trip, you're probably sitting there saying, wow, the Jets can win this game. The Jets can do this. is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. You know, you're counting down the days. Everything's great until they decide to play the game with this football team. I always say, step one, get to the tailgate, get some alcohol, and you start numbing yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then if good things start happening, you know, they're even better. But if bad things start happening, you're numb to it. So, you know, you, we're used to it at this point. Yes. Yes, indeed. And Speaking of alcohol, tailgates, and football, the three of us will be at the Jets-Patriots game October 29th, the first time the three of us three of us have gone to a game. Some other guests uh, scheduled to come. Everybody's favorite Jetsway podcast guest, Mr. John Kaywood. I know you're listening to the show right now. Kaywood will be there. He's actually He actually texted my uh, fantasy football group chat today saying he's between Tyler Conklin or – Max Mitchell for the random Jets jersey he's buying this year. Last year was Mike White. I don't think Kaywood will be sporting that. Kaywood uh, said he doesn't know how good Mike White really is anymore after he didn't get in the game on Sunday. So he, he's moving on to somebody else. And uh, yeah, he, he'll be there. Uh, Patrick Wallace will be there, who we've had on before. You never know who will be stopping by. So uh, there's that. I think Kaywood has to go with the Max Mitchell jersey. I don't I don't know if I want him having a Conklin jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a good offensive line jersey. Yeah. So I think I agree with Lorenzo. 
I told him that maybe he should get a DJ Reed because I like single digit jerseys and DJ Reed might be the best free agent signing I've seen in a long time around here for, for these uh, first three games might be a free agent that we look back and say, wow, that was a great contract. We gave out, <laughs> he outperformed the contract that we gave. When's the last time we can say a jet outperformed the contract they gave out to a free agent. A long, long time. Uh, but definitely happy for DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner as our cornerback group for sure. Definitely excited to watch them play this weekend again. Well, we're proud of them, but not so much for the rest of the defense. Let's just get right on into it with the uh, points of conversation here. The Steelers on Sunday are starting Mitch Trubisky with the Jets luck. Probably Kenny Pickett won to the game like Baker Mayfield did on that Thursday night game. And we know the rest from there. But as far as we know, Trubisky's there. Jets defense dead last right now. Not good. Tons of big plays, not hitting the quarterback. Stuffing the run got better last week, but still a lot else needs to improve. Guys, I'll just start off with the first thing that needs to improve here. We got to hit the quarterback, man. We, we have to hit the quarterback, and we obviously know what happened today with Jeff Albrecht, that buffoon, calling out Quinn and Williams in a very – I thought it was a very, like, sly jab at him. I know Connor Hughes is, you know, coming out with the – he's the water boy, the coaching staff, saying he wasn't meaning it like that. It got taken out of context. He called the guy out of shape. He's over there. When you say a guy is, like, you know, grasping for air uh, late in the game, you, you're questioning his conditioning. There's some great offensive li- – uh, defensive linemen in the league, like Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox and uh, a load of other guys. They're playing about 80% of the snaps. This guy's playing like 55% of the snaps every single week, and he wants $18 million. And uh, you're talking about his conditioning, essentially. But we need to hit the quarterback. Enough of the stupid rotation. Here are the four I want out there. I want Quinn Williams. I want Sheldon Rankins. I want Jermaine Johnson. And I want Michael Clemens. Enough of this, enough of John Franklin Myers. I wouldn't even dress him, maybe as a backup, but – Enough of him. Uh, I'm ready just to get rid of it. He got his money and he was walking at the end of the year, um, you know, into the sunset. Forget him. Carl Lawson was playing patty cake all day on Sunday. Got pancaked multiple times by the Bengals left tackle, who stinks if you watch the Bengals so far this year. I'm done with them. Play those four for a majority of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you, you're correct. I mean, we got to hit the quarterback. That opens up. So much for our defense, you know, our, our quarter cornerbacks have played pretty well so far. And, you know, when we give him the quarterback um, five, six seconds um, to throw, throw the ball, you know, he's going to, he's going to complete passes, unfortunately. So um, I think Carl Lawson, maybe the injury slowing him down a little bit, you know, that's, you know, we have to wait and see. It's only the, the, the third game of the season that he's played so far. Didn't really play much in the preseason. So. Um, no, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's taking him a little, a little bit of time um, coming off that Achilles injury. But yeah, no, I definitely think you're right. I mean, Clemens and Jermaine Johnson, two rookies, have played pretty well so far in the snaps they played. And um, yeah, I mean, back to Albrick, that's I, I personally did not like that at all. I mean, listen, you can say what you want about Quentin Williams, but his effort, his weight, his conditioning, has it ever really been questioned? Um, if that was Makai Beckham, he was talking about, uh, maybe, you know, I got you, but, um, for Quentin Williams to a leader on this team, um, to be called out like that, um, I didn't like it at all. And honestly, I don't know if the guys in the defensive, in the defensive room like that as well. Um, you know, seeing that as well. So, yeah, I definitely didn't like seeing that. Obrick has, he has to be on the hot seat. I mean, that the defense has looked nowhere close to what it should these last, what these last two years. Yeah. This is, they look like a, Poor coach unit, if ever being honest, 
And with Carl Lawson, he's been getting pressure, but like that was a story in Cincinnati too. I mean, you you, you got to get sacks at the end of the day. Getting but paid to get sacks. How it's about like... how about Bryce Huff is active for a game? How about that? Yeah, because that guy he gets pressure. He puts some pressure on the quarterback. Let's let's mix it up a little bit because what we've been doing hasn't been working. Yeah, I mean, give me Huff any day over Nathan Shepard. Uh, enough of Nathan Shepard. Well, what are we doing here? Playing playing Nathan Shepard. We draft pass rushers in the first round. We spend all this money on Lawson, John Franklin Myers, and the guys I want to play aren't them, aren't them, ironically enough. We're doing all this on the defensive line, and we're playing Nathan Shepard for meaningful snaps. A guy that, in my opinion, shouldn't even be in the league. He's that bad. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a stupid penalty. I mean, this has been the year of dumb penalties by the Jets, particularly on defense. And Nathan Shepard hasn't gotten one of them when he's been the culprit of that over the years. So forget him. Uh, it's just play Bryce Huff. He's a pass rush specialist. Last year, I even said this to, to Lorenzo on, uh, what was it, when did we record? Uh, Monday or Tuesday? Yeah. So I even said this last year. Remember the Titans game, how good they looked? Bryce Huff was a big part of that, bro, especially before that as well. And then once Bryce Huff got hurt last year, we saw a little bit, not really a little bit, a drastic change with this pass rush because Bryce Hoff was probably our most productive one at one point last year. So I don't know how he goes from that to a good preseason, a really good preseason, to just not even putting a jersey on for each of the first three weeks. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to play your best players, man. We're not in any position to do these rotations. Like, we should be 0-3. Let's, let's keep yeah. it. We should be 0-3. We should be playing our absolute best players as much as possible. Quentin Williams being one of them, Jermaine Johnson being the other. Like you said, let Bryce Huff get some action. He hasn't – it's not like he he played bad and in the preseason, last year, whatever the case may be. Hopefully that that adds a spark to this room because, listen, we, ha- we invest a lot of capital, whether that be the draft or free agent money, into this defensive line, and they have not played up to par. And that's unacceptable if we want to be a good team. Absolutely. Like you said, we just invested so much into this line, and we're just – it's not getting it done. So they got to they gotta change something because what they've been doing has not been working. And let me tell you guys something. The Steelers' offensive line is nothing to write home about either. They are not very good. I mean, we saw the Browns getting pressure to Mitch Trubisky on, Thurs- on last Thursday night. Uh, the Jets' defensive line, another uh, underwhelming test for them. I really think if this is a game where the defensive line wants to pick a time to dominate, this would be it because if you really get pressure on Mitch Trubisky, he is definitely throwing you a couple. Uh, that's not up for debate. If you get pressure to him and you know what you this is another subject to conversation here, but if you know what you're doing in coverage and you can get consistent pressure on him and I listen, sacks are good and all. And I understand this defense need, especially Carl Lawson, you're getting paid to sack the quarterback. Quinn Williams, you want $18 million. You need to sack the quarterback before the freaking game is uh, two or three possessions. And you're getting into a fight with the defensive line coach on the sidelines. You got to sack the quarterback hitting the quarterback getting pressure. How many times on Sunday did we just see Joe Burrow standing back there? Like he could have made a freaking phone call, not <laughs> seriously moving up, down all over the place in the pocket, getting untouched. Terrible. So the, you hit Trubisky. He's going to throw you a couple men, really. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think we, I said on the last lad pod, the last pod, but zero pressures in the first half. And, you know, the game was not out of reach at that point. And, you know, who knows if a couple third down pressures here and there, that, that changes the game. So, um, yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, and Jake pretty much touched on it, but Mitch, not a good quarterback. You got to force him to a spot where he makes bad decisions, and we all know he's definitely capable of that. Yeah, and, and another big part of the Steelers' attack here is Najee Harris. I think if you can really 
contain him and minimize him, you don't have the threat of play action. You can mix up your all different looks. You can disguise blitzes. Imagine that Robert solid doing creative blitzing to get pressure on the quarterback. And you can really force the Steelers into those third and longs, those positions they don't want to be as opposed to those third and shorts and, you know, mid third downs where their playbook opens up a lot. They can only do so much on third and long uh, with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback with really no threat out of the backfield. So Stopping the run has to be the forefront for this Jets defense, because if we can do that, I, I have a really good feeling about the way this game will go. Yeah. Stopping the run and just like getting off the field on third downs. How many times in, in this season, last season, had there been third and whatever, third and 10, third and long and a screen pass or a penalty or just somehow blown coverage. And I think like if we get if, if we get off the field on third down, give the ball to our offense, that opens up the entire the running game for our team, play action, things like that. So it's all a trickle-down effect, in my opinion. Definitely. And you guys will probably agree, something needs to change with the safeties. LaMarcus yeah, Joyner yeah. cannot be on the field. I do not care. Talking to the right guy for that one. I've been saying he shouldn't <laughs> be on the field since the season started. I want to see Ashton Davis play, personally. Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm even saying that with a straight face, but I want to see Ashton Davis, and I want to see Will Parks play. I'm even getting sick of Jordan Whitehead, bro. Make a tackle. They, they, they've been pretty bad. And, hey, listen, you know, we, we've talked about Ashton Davis tons on this show, but, you know, the one snap that he played this year is an interception. So, you know, maybe give the guy a shot. And we already knew Whitehead's not really like, like a good coverage guy. So you, you have to have a good coverage guy playing the other safety position, and Joyner is not that guy. And, and honestly, though, you mentioned third downs. What's with playing defense in the parking lot on third down, too? Like, what are we doing here? I see, like, Sauce Gardner playing, like, 10 yards off the guy on, like, third and five. Like, why are we doing that? Put these guys directly on the line of scrimmage, and let's go. You paid these corners a lot of money. You drafted one in the fourth with the fourth overall pick. What are we doing here? Play man-to-man coverage, get to the quarterback like most good teams do, and let's get off the field and score some points. Instead, it's essentially like, let's not get beat over the top or deep over the middle of the field if you – throw a little out route here or a screen pass or something like that. There's nobody in the vicinity. You're going to get enough yards for the first down. We've gotten killed with that this year, bro. It's terrible play calling. Yeah. And I mean, and again, it goes, all goes back to coaching. Um, but do you guys think at some point solid takes over? I mean, has to. Has be to. coming. Could be coming. He, he has to. He, how can Robert solid defensive coach, just sit there. And it's not like the defense was good last year. If the defense was good last year, I can understand him saying, well, we believe in Jeff Albrook. He's done it for us before. Jeff Albrook is a trash coach. He's always been a trash coach. The Atlanta defense, worse than the league the year he left. I'm what are we doing here? Worse Our defense league. last year, what, 30th in the league, if I'm not mistaken? Awful. I mean, we, we were giving up 30 points for a month straight last year. In our sleep, giving up 30 points. Awful. I can count the numerous terrible games on defense last year. For instance, that Colts game on Thursday night is, is like the, like put it on the top of the fridge for why this guy's terrible. Awful. So if Robert Sala is just sitting there, hmm, last year, I understand, you know, we were playing third stringers, practice squad guys. We'll give them a pass. Oh, we're dead. We're ranked dead last this year and everybody's healthy. They're, they're healthy on defense. Who's hurt? Quincy Williams now? Oh, of course he's hurt because he, of course he's hurt because he looked good. But how does he see all this and just not take over defensive play caller, play calling duties as a defensive minded head coach that doesn't he's not involved in the offense. He's not involved with defense. He doesn't hold players accountable. 
He doesn't know how to manage the clock. What exactly, to quote, I believe it's Seinfeld, what exactly is it you do here if you're Robert Sala? <laughs> Truly. No, I mean, listen, and, you know, he, he's talking about receipts and all this, all this sort of stuff. But, like, dude, your job is potentially on the line. Like, <laughs> if this keeps up, it's not looking good for you. So there has to, has to be some sort of urgency on his side. Absolutely. Like, the pieces are there. Oberk has to have a very, very short lease, especially after those comments about coining, because things can turn ugly fast here. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird with this coaching staff. Why is it that they seem to single out guys for negative things that are actually performing pretty well? Like week one, Salah, after all the dumb things we saw week one, is calling out Garrett Wilson for not extending the ball on that third down where he made all those guys miss. And then Quinnen, who, let's face it, the game, the game was pretty out of reach. Uh, not, a lot, not out of reach. It never got out of reach, but it would have been nice to see the same effort or the same production when the game was tied or within one score from Quinnen Williams. But, you know, Quinnen Williams was the, more product, was the most productive defensive lineman you had on the field on Sunday when we couldn't hit the quarterback. That's who you're getting on. What about John Franklin Myers for committing that stupid penalty if you're Jeff Albrook? Terror, what is with this coaching staff? Yeah, it's a great point, and, and we've all alluded to it. It's just we got to hold guys accountable. That's, that's the, the main thing. Definitely. But the, the moral of the story is, guys, Zach Wilson is back on Sunday. Joe Flacco is hopefully out of our lives forever. Zach Wilson is back. Let me just start off with something. If we go out there and throw the football, 50 times a game with Zach Wilson, or we go out there and throw it 50 times with Mitch Trubisky as the other quarterback for the other side, where we don't need to be getting into the shootout. It should be like a, you know, milk the clock, control the time of possession. Don't play stupid football. I will lose my mind on this podcast on Monday or Tuesday when we record, because that would be unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we've all talked about it. We've, I mean, we've thrown way too much and obviously that's due to, um, just the game scrimmages and, you know, us losing by multiple scores probably this entire season. Um, but, yeah, we got to use utilize those running backs and make it easier for Zach to to implement himself back into this offense. Obviously, it's his first game back. Um, you don't want to put all the weight on his shoulders, the first, you know, the first time he's out there for the season, essentially. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Got to utilize these running backs, play action rollouts, um, quick passes, different things like that to just make his life um, a lot easier. If we're throwing the ball 50 times, we already know that that's a loss. We, yeah. we, <laughs> we, faced Lamar, we faced Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow two out of the first three weeks. Mitch Trubisky, we, this, we cannot be losing by anything close to two scores. So definitely like you guys said, you got to establish the run, use your skill position players, make it easy for Zach, some layups, and, you know, stay in the game. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, can this guy please be good? <laughs> like, I'm sitting there. I really get excited, bro, when I see Garrett Wilson wide open all the time. Or Elijah Moore, even though Joe Flacco doesn't know how to examine a field properly, he's wide open. I was at that game week one, bro. I wasn't there against the Bengals, but I was there week one. Elijah Moore was getting open. This guy just didn't know. He just, I don't understand. Like, I can't even put into words how bad he is at just finding open guys, let alone throwing a football. Elijah Moore is getting open. I just think these receivers might be just too wide open and things might be that easy for Zach Wilson, aside from the protection issues, which I definitely want to talk about eventually. There could be some protection worry. <laughs> there could be some, you guys get the gist here. Um, but dudes might just be that wide open, and we might have enough good running backs to where 
life is really easy for Zach Wilson. How can he not be good? Yeah. I mean, listen, we have the skill position guys. Listen, last year he was throwing to Tariq Black, DJ Montgomery, Braxton Berrios. And for a month. For a month. And he looked serviceable. He looked serviceable. Nine touchdowns to two interceptions since uh, coming back from that knee injury. We have given him a good amount of, of help. You know, it's a second year in the system. Hopefully that makes a lot, a, a lot of things better. But, man, it, it, it would just be so nice to say Zach Wills is our quarterback, not only for this year, but future years, and not have to go through this cycle of new head coach and new quarterback every couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, if with the skill position players that, that we have, like even if, if Zach's like a game manager, like things will still happen. Like Flacco missed a lot of guys, obviously, maybe settled for a million field goals with him. But if Zach can just make the easy throws and just not make mistakes and see open players, good things will happen. And that, that I'm really glad you mentioned the easy throws because, bro, how many times last year was this guy spiking screen passes in the dirt? Out routes. We saw it before he got hurt. Garrett Wilson, you know, does, does a great job running an out route. Zig. And Zach Wilson throwing it over his head. Stuff like that is what he needed to clean up. But, man, this – and another thing, and I definitely want to talk about the offensive line. I do think it will help the offensive line because not only can Zach Wilson move, he can really move. And I think that his ability to extend plays and move up, down in the pocket – and I think Zach Wilson does have pretty good pocket awareness. That's one of my favorite aspects of his game. I think he has a very good sense of, okay, this guy's here. I got to move a little bit to the right or left. You guys get my gist there? Um, I think that will help the offensive line as opposed to Flacco that just stood there and just got killed. Like regardless if he threw it or not, just terrible, terrible quarterbacking. Um, but the offensive line guys, it has to be a worrisome. I mean, we're, we're starting Connor McDermott on Sunday. It looks like Connor McDermott. I get it. They signed Mike Remmers who apparently looks great. Well, maybe play him. And they signed another guy. I forget his name exactly. I think he was a former bus somewhere the, the Seahawks and, he was on a practice squad of the Texans who our good friend, miss you, bro. DJ Bienname sent over a tweet, asked him if he was any good. He goes, yeah, he's, he's all right. Texans have two good tackles. So he wasn't really getting enough burn. Uh, this offensive line uh, is definitely a concern moving forward. I mean, listen, any, any game we're starting Connor McDermott, I always. <laughs> it's doomsday. Like, hold, hold, hold my breath. <laughs> I mean, he's he's definitely bottom of the league, but hopefully it's just either one game or one half and we don't have to really worry about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little worried. Um, a little? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it politely. I'm a little worried. But, you know, ho- again, it's not Joe Flacco back there. So hopefully Zach Wilson can make plays outside the pocket, and um, that's actually one of his best attributes. So we'll see. With McDermott starting, we're we're in trouble here. I mean, <laughs> I'm just hoping if he's like really getting beat like a drum, they put someone else in because pretty much anything's better than him. And if DJ said this guy's okay, then okay is definitely better than Connor McDermott. Yeah, I mean, how good? I mean, yeah, honestly, when you're going from nothing to <laughs> like, what, what, remember Stephen A. That Stephen A. Smith video uh, when they when the Lakers traded uh, Kwame Brown. He goes, "When you're replacing nothing, that makes you something. <laughs> That's whoever's replacing Connor McDermott because yeah. he's that trash." Honestly, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. He caught the touchdown last year. I always see him hanging out with the guys when they're out at their public outings or whatever. He's probably a great guy. Would probably love to have him at my backyard bash, but I don't want him protecting my quarterback's blind side. N-O spells no. Um, Just a little side note here on another Jets tackle. Max Mitchell. I don't know if you guys see the the PFF grades or any of these ticky-tack stats that 
Uh, you know, sometimes they make like Quinton Williams look like the best defensive lineman in football and some other things that I think are just ludicrous. But uh, apparently Max Mitchell is really holding up well, according to the advanced analytics compared to even the guys in the first round with uh, Icky Aquanu or Evan Neal. Oh my God, does that guy stink playing for the John? Oh God. Oh brother. Can you imagine we took that guy fourth overall? Jeez. Um, Mitchell's holding up very well. Just imagine where we'd be without him. I mean, yeah, like who, who would be the right tackle if we're being <laughs> on the McDermott and I, I would honestly put ABT at left tackle. I got killed for it. I mentioned this to somebody. I think it was you, Lauren. I would put him at left tackle and see what he's got, honestly, and put uh like Feeney at right guard. I, I just don't think I mean listen, ABT's our best or most talented offensive lineman. What do we got um, to lose? I I just don't see it happening. I really don't. And I don't I don't know if they're gonna do that in his second year where he's I guess, you know, quote unquote, still in the learning phase of the NFL. Um, and he's already switched from left guard to right guard. So I don't know if they're going to do three position changes in two years. That'd be a little much in my opinion, but um, I mean, listen, I would love to see it. I don't think it's the worst idea because we're obviously desperate here. <laughs> so I'm open to anything. Kind of. He's their best offensive lineman, bro. I really think he could do it. And he did it in college, bro. I think him playing left tackle for a game is better than Connor McDermott. Obviously it's not saying much, but. Um, I'm honestly really curious to see if uh, this guy Remmers has anything left in the tank. 90 starts, played for the Chiefs last year, held up pr- pretty well in pass protection. I get it. A lot of fans out there are like he stinks or whatever. Listen, who do you think you're getting that's on the street at this point in the season that's not on a team? Like, you know, he's, he's not that bad compared to what we have, and that's all, all we're really looking for at this point. But I just uh, – it's just so funny. It's like everybody's like, oh, Dwayne Brown's still okay. – Dwayne Brown ain't playing. <laughs> that guy what did you do any do you, either of you guys think Dwayne Brown's playing I think he is I think he threw out all of his practice stuff honestly I, I think he's at some point at some point he he's ain't gonna, playing at some, at some point he's gonna it's just funny because like Sal was like oh he looks great in practice or whatever he looks great in his rehab and all that stuff like yeah that would be a typical jet thing if, if the coach says he looks you know good in rehab and then he's out like whatever, six, four weeks or whatever. So. And, and that's why I couldn't believe him about Wilson too, because he's talking about fan. I'm not overly concerned. IR next week. Makai Becton <laughs> should be all right. I think we avoided the worst case scenario out for the year. Dwayne Brown, questionable for Sunday. Oh, well, he's going on IR. Hopefully we'll see him again <laughs> this year. Or even Wilson week one. Is Zach playing this week? He oh went through God. a workout. We're, we're looking at it. Uh, Zach's not going to play on Sunday. By the way, we're not going to see him until uh, week four, the earliest. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I still have some hope between Brown, but I think they really took their time with Zach. Like, they really took their time just to make sure. He should He should be 110%. He was probably good to go last week. They just didn't, they didn't want to push it, I guess. I don't know. Well, this is the week, and uh, hopefully things go up from here. Hey, can we get Elijah Moore the ball? Thank you. Please. Can we can we can we stop taking him and Garrett Wilson out of the game for for these stiffs like Corey Davis? Oh, Sean, I actually did bring this up on our, our last podcast. Can we please put Corey Davis in freaking sweatpants and a sweatshirt on Sunday and let Denzel? I'm being dead serious with you and let Denzel Mims play. I saw Joe Beningo said this earlier. I said it before Joe Beningo Lorenzo, <laughs> and he said it right. I mean, yeah. let let. I'm not kidding, bro. Dude, maybe at least Mims won't hurt the team with stupid penalties. And Corey Davis not only stinks, but is now hurting the team in other aspects. I would send a message to the entire team that this will not be tolerated. 
I mean, Corey Davis has been pretty much useless. And and it, it would be a good message to send because like just because you're getting paid on this team doesn't mean you're gonna play. You have to and, be and good. And I mentioned to play. the Giants. Yeah. With Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, oh, 17 a million a year. You're not playing. Uh unless it's a real bind. And you see how that went. Um, you're not playing. Kadarius Tony, first round pick. Huh, excuse me, you're gonna sit behind uh, David Sills or whatever that character's name was, and Richie James Jr. So they have real leadership over there. I will I will say this about Mims though, and I think we, we brought it up um, previously, but our three three of our main wide receivers pretty much play similar styles, middle of the field, yak guys. We don't really have a guy who can beat you up the uh, you know up the sidelines and things like that. That's a that's a different aspect that we honestly probably need. Mims is yes and no. I think Mims is like a go up and get it. Um one on one quarterback trusts him to jump. Mims isn't going to just take the top off the defense like oh, that. No, no, no. But I agree with you. The Jets don't have a contested catch guy. That was supposed to be Corey Davis, but that guy stinks. And personally, I think he should be cut now for all I care. And let Mims play, bro. Bro, he's finally healthy. The preseason, he looked good. What are we waiting for? The guy was a second round pick for a week after foolish football by Corey Davis. Let Mims play a little bit, bro. Who knows? He might surprise you. I mean, he just has to, he has to actually dress first. I mean, let's, yeah, let's, let's start with that. But yeah, no, I, I definitely. I mean, listen, I I would I would not be opposed. Um, you already know how we all feel about Corey Davis. It's a weekly to to a weekly drop to two drops, and obviously he's creating, um, getting these stupid penalties like you mentioned before. So, um, I'm definitely open to it. I think the first time we see Mims is if someone gets hurt. And obviously we don't want anyone to get hurt, yeah. but it's someone will get hurt eventually and he'll, he'll probably get a shot then. And with the Steelers on Sunday, JJ, uh, JJ, TJ Watt not playing, obviously on the injured reserve. I think the football gods were just looking out for us. With, I mean, obviously I, you guys get the gist here. Imagine if TJ Watt was on the left side of the Steelers defensive line against Connor McDermott. <laughs> I think the freaking cops would be on the field <laughs> by the, by this mid middle of the second quarter. It would be that bad. Um, Micah Fitzpatrick in the uh, concussion protocol. I haven't heard the latest on him. Uh, with our luck, he'll probably be cleared to go for one o'clock. Obviously, you know, I hope you guys get the gist here, but I, I wouldn't mind if he takes a week off just to, you know, make sure he's all right um, on Sunday. The Steelers defense outside, those are their two best players by far. Fitzpatrick's a hell of a player. You want to talk about a safety worth money? That's it right there. Yeah, I think I think Fitzpatrick is playing. I think he practiced either today. Uh, I think he practiced today. Oh, really. nice. Um, but <laughs> hey, listen, that's again, that's their best defensive player right now. Um, Devin Bush is really good as well. So um, don't 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 sleep on those guys. Devin Bush has been a little underwhelming. I have some friends that are Steeler fans. They're like, eh, he's not right? that good. Yeah, and they obviously they they don't have uh, like Cameron Hayward anymore. He retired right on the uh, defensive line. I think he's still playing. I thought he retired. Or was it Stefan Tuitt that retired? Yeah. Somebody retired on the Steelers defensive line. Well, either way, you know, we're, we're staring another winnable game in the face. Winnable. Let's see what the team can do. Bro, if we go out there and lose by two possessions against Mitch Trubisky, or dare I even say give up 30 points, I, it's just like we may need to cancel for next week because like I might just have the most poor. We may need to start becoming an explicit program. <laughs> it would be that poor choice of words, bro. This would be, and I expect them to win on Sunday. 
I do. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I expect a win against Mitch Trubisky. I mean, listen, that's I, I think this is our most winnable game in the first four that we've played so far, um, just based on how things gone have, have gone. Um, and hopefully Sean can bring us some, you know, Jetsway luck. I'm hoping. I'm going to go in there with high hopes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, in my book, we're 0-3, so we're due for a win. <laughs> um, and listen, man, we beat 2-2 and against the AFC North. I mean... Say what you want, bro, but you tell me that before the season started. We'd be 2-2 two and two to start the first four games of the year, and we'd have to play the entire AFC North. I'd be like, what do I sign up for that? With some more winnable games coming up in the future. This is the NFL, bro. Like, everyone, you know, before the season starts, you'd say, this game's hard, this game's hard. Now, some games look harder than others, while others don't. That's just how the league works. You truly never know. The same people that said that, uh, the Chargers were the team to beat in the AFC. AFC, me being one of them, I picked the Chargers in the AFC this year. They don't look too hot right now, losing to the Jaguars, all injured. I mean, did anyone predict that the Bengals would go to the Super Bowl last year? No one ever knows in this league, bro. And that's why I hate these stupid excuses of, oh, bro, the expectations before the year. We're, we're competing in these games. We're, you know what I'm saying here? These games are winnable. They are. And for them to just be losing like this, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable, but hey, listen, if you told us before the year that we win not one, but two September football games. We take it. We, we, we this take is an it. October game. Technically. <laughs> yeah. We'll count four as weeks. A, we'll, we'll count as, as September. A week yeah. of September. <laughs> we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. Two and two with three games started by Joe Flacco. We'll, we'll yeah. Take, we're taking that. We're taking I'll take that. it. Zach Wilson's debut as well. I really hope he looks good as I've alluded to numerous times please be good uh that's going to do it for this week guys we'll be back next week hopefully with a much different tune talking about this team hopefully after a 500 start it's the jets way podcast leave us that five star review on apple podcast if you have listened this far clearly we're doing something right leave us the review as always go jets go jets, go jets.